Welcome to this episode of Serum Rocks with Marcus Erlandson and Gustav Westerland. In the middle of a raging storm of coronaviruses and snow in the middle of Sweden. Yeah, so hi and welcome everyone to the 87th episode of Serum Rock. And as you heard, this is Gustav Westerlund and Marcus Allanson, and we're going to talk about the best of 2020 release wave one. And yes. Gustav is, of course, from CRM Consultana, and yeah, super experienced. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. Gustav Westerlund is an eight time MVP, founder, CEO, and principal consultant of CRM Consultona, primarily works as solution architect, bridging the gap between business and tech. And he truly believes everyone has a place, they just need to find it. Sure. All right, let's dive right into this. Um, I think we have more content than we can cover in one hour, so let's just skip the pleasantries for today. Yeah, I think we 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 know each other anyway, so I think that yeah, we, we can just like jump into the dig into the deep parts. Yeah, yeah. So first off, I have the team member restrictions enforcements on my list. It's probably not the best of, but it's the one that is going to be most work with or most interesting with however you would like to phrase it. Yeah. What's yeah. your take on this? Yeah, I think for the, the first thing people have to understand here is that I think the, the, the timing of this, because I think lots of people are scared about it. And um, I think that the important thing here is that it's going to be effective for new instances uh, by, uh, by April 1st. So if you create a new instance after April 1st, that's it will be enforced on that instance. For older instances, that's mean like for the old instance that are existing customers, it will be effective after 1st of July, as far as I've heard right now. So it, there's no, as we say in Sweden, no cow on the ice. Uh, I guess there's other uh, expressions that you, we have in uh, other languages, but in Sweden we say cow on the ice, meaning that's it's not super important. You don't have to go out, go out and rescue the cow. Yeah. Yeah. And it means also that the the moment twenty two is sort of gone now that they made it available for us to solve it before we actually are enforced. Yes, because now they have also uh, created a uh, there's a non compliance report which you can uh, you can you can download. Uh, you can go into the Power Apps Admin Center and you click on the CDS on the left hand side. And then on the on the top hand, uh, the, the sort of right at the top, it says like download. Uh, in Swedish, it says hämta. Uh, I, I guess it depends on which language you're using, but some something like download. And then you can just select different things. And there's like non-compliance, like team member non-compliance down, uh, down report or something like that. And you can download that, and you get an Excel sheet uh, with all the different users uh, that are non-compliant and what actions they have done on what entities and when. Um, then, you, of course, you have to remember that you have to set the filter uh, for the, what during what time period you want to do to do this, and of course, which uh, instance you're doing this on. Typically, you'd want to do this on the production instance, so make sure that you set the filter correctly before you actually uh, download this uh, this report. 
All right, so it's compliance report for all the instances, and I could do that even though I haven't activated uh, the opt-in for wave one. Yes, yes, yeah. You did just download. I, I tried it. I tried it yesterday for a customer of mine, which has a, they have lots of team member licenses, and uh, we got an interesting report. The funny thing was <laughs> we figured out that lots of users that we didn't know had team member licenses. They we got them. Uh, we, we got a report for that for those when we're like, oh, okay, these. People they shouldn't even have a team member. Why are they having? Why are we getting reports for those? So I guess they were just they just had like the wrong license. They should just get get the right license on them. So that's uh, interesting finding. Yeah, or for, just revoke them. Yeah, but they they should have like they should have they they were supposed to have the, the normal customer service license, but uh, well they didn't. So that's, that, that's oh, so you're one of those. No, no, no. I think it's I think somebody had somebody hadn't done their their job correctly somewhere. I I think that's it wasn't it wasn't it was a mistake. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but this is sort of why they're fixing it because even though we try really hard, it's sometimes difficult to be really compliant with the team member because there was no way to really know if I was compliant to the team member restrictions in the first place. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and then I think there's, there's an interesting thing here because uh, to, be, to, to work with this, I've seen that some blogs have written that there's, they have seen that there are um, and and there's a special, there are apps that have been delivered by Microsoft which you can use. Have you seen those those apps, Marcus? Because I have not seen those apps, those like team member apps. Um, because for my for my existing customers, I work mainly with 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 the, with older customers currently that are online, and they they haven't gotten those apps by default. So and I, I look really hard just just to make sure that they if they were there and they're just not enabled or something, they did not have those apps. So. Uh, for those older customers, anyway, you have to create new apps um, for those, and then uh, make connect those to the team team members, uh, and make sure that they uh, those roles only get to do the correct things in those apps, and those apps only include, for instance, the fifteen cust um, rights for fif for fifteen customizable entities, and all the other stuff that you're only supposed to be you're only allowed to do with the team member license. So, so I was under the impression that if you do this opt-in to the new wave, you get free new apps, and these are the applications that these users only can access. And you can customize the apps to include more entities, but then you also have to uh, make sure that you, you of course, fit them into the enforcements that you already have. I, I don't think that you have to have those um, specific apps for the team members. I think you can have any any apps, as far as I've understood. Uh, but no, I, it specifically says no custom apps are allowed. It did, but perhaps uh, well, that's I must, I must my. Have, I must have missed that um, in the in the in the in the in the report that I saw. It didn't say anything about any any apps that were being used that you should they shouldn't shouldn't be using. It just talked about which which actual um, messages were being used that they weren't weren't supposed to be using. Like for instance, they were using case uh, like update on case on the incident and entity. Um, so it said like for instance update on 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 the incident. That's what this and this this user tried to do that on and it's it's not supposed it's not allowed to do that because it have that uh, that license. So that's what it said. But I didn't see any any comment of be of it using a, a an app. It wasn't it wasn't allowed to do. 
but no, perhaps you, it's two then so both but it's but it is but, yeah, yeah but maybe but maybe you're right because maybe maybe the, 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 this would be interesting interesting to see maybe we should spin up a, an app app or a new instance after after april 1st and just try this try this out because then we'll see what happens um, uh or just opt in on an instance and assign a team member to a user yeah 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 we'll right. see yeah yeah okay uh all right next up ui flows is there uh what's this the ui flows that's a um it's a what's called rpa a, ro- a robot pros uh, pr- robot processing automation um uh, it's a sort of like um let's say that you want to um automate uh, something that's some kind of um program that ha- doesn't have apis um it might be an older windows pro program or a window a, a web-based program but it doesn't have really have apis but so so you just like you you, you what you can do is that you record when you use the, the program and then you can um almost like a when it looks almost like a like a power automate flow um and then you can like adapt that to with with variables and stuff like that. Um, so that becomes very useful because you can automate things that are typically rather hard to automate so it, and this is the reason that they renamed flow to power automate right so they could include rpas in this and this is really good for these legacy enterprise and applications that you developed yourself and you don't really want to change and so they are really static so they never move things around yes. even though they are trying to be intelligent about it yeah yeah okay, yes so it's yeah that's what they are and they what they they will now become they had i think they had very 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 early versions of those in the, in the previous release and now now they are they're enhancing this quite a lot and making the mission aware and so on so you can actually start using so uh, if you haven't tried them try to do start um all right so uh, next up what is new with quick find yeah the quick find this is very <laughs> it's it's an interesting thing when i uh, just go back to this like if you ever had ever did an end user training and you had a look at, uh, at the like for instance my accounts uh, view and you showed showed the users like the quick find field and you said okay now you can see all of my accounts and you when you search in the quick find window it will not search on all of your accounts it will search on all the accounts in and then people will be, all their all their faces will go very blank and they were like what can you take that again <laughs> and I, you will have to show them a couple of examples of how this works like oh look here you can see one company called um marcus erlandson ab but when i search for marcus up, up here it will actually return two <laughs> it's like well, how come because there's two in the t- entire system if we look at all accounts you can see there's two marcus erlandson ab ab one owned by gustav and one owned by marcus but now when i look at when i look at all of them when i just look at mine i'll see one when i look at all I will see two, and if I search in the quick find for Marcus, I will see both because I'm all the quick find always searches in both. But what happens now with the new the, the new revised version of quick find is that it will go actually be, become what we always wanted it to be. It will become contextual. <laughs> so uh, that this is great news for all the people that are doing training and for all the people that are, that are trying to learn um, power apps and um, dynamics. However, for all the, the 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 old geeks out there that have 
actually learned the, the how quick find will actually works in dynamics and in the in the, in the power apps they will of course have to relearn this so i think that's an important uh, uh, gotcha for many of these people that you have to remember that this will actually change now however admins can there's a switch for this admins can revert this so it goes back to the old way if you really like the old way i think that you should try the new way i think it's it's actually more logical the new way uh, because that's how it, people think it should be if you do you know if it's uh, keep the columns from the current view as well so that quick find view sort of goes away then i don't know it's a very good question I don't know if it does, but it's. I I, I hope it does keep. I, I I hope it just searches within the results of what you're looking at. But I I can't. Right. I, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, because that would be kind of good as well. Because if you keep the context, then the columns are part of that context, and if you change them, then that's sort of a still a bit weird yeah it can become it can become a very very weird because if especially if customizers aren't very consistent and they haven't uh, maybe they have changed the uh, for instance active accounts or my accounts a lot uh, those that, that view set and then the column set and then haven't changed the quick find column set <laughs> that can become a rather interesting <laughs> experience from a user perspective and i think they have to because if you filter on something and that's then gone can you filter in something that's not present? Um, perhaps you can, but well, let's let's drop it and go to next one then. So, what's uh, what's up with the new first-party app restrictions? Yeah. So, the, what what what's happening is that there's they're releasing a, quite a lot of new features uh, within the, the first-party apps, uh, or they actually connected to the first-party app. So, for instance, there's an improved email designer um, uh, that's actually was initially just created for the the sales um the sales first party app it's now also available for the customer service party app first party app um but you have to use this those uh those first party apps to be able to access that feature you can't create your own first party app and use that so you have to actually you have to you have to be using Microsoft's created first party apps and those features are are bound and connected to those first party apps uh, and there will probably be more and more of these uh, features that are connected that way. Um, so that's in, it's an interesting thing that because, I mean, before this happened, what many, I think, consultancies had as best, best practice was that uh, we don't want to mess up Microsoft's first-party apps. So just always create your own and just move all the stuff into that app that you want in that. But with this change from Microsoft, we have to change our best practice to always that, that's what we did in our company anyway so we have to change yeah, yeah i do that as well but that means that upgrades could be quite cumbersome or it's just we have to consider that if the they launch new things in the applications the merge of that has to be taken care of and hopefully the managed solution can just fix it but let's see yeah i mean yeah you have a good point i think that they're there can be interesting effects uh, when they launch new features into the existing into the, into the existing apps. Um, I think and hope that the new improved solution framework will handle this. But uh, we've seen previously that this solution framework um, has not always delivered to promise. So I I I really hope that it will it, it that it it does and it's improving all the time. 
um, and it's becoming better and better. And I'm sort of moved over from the unmanaged uh, sort of camp to the managed camp. So I'm, I'm, but it's, I think maybe that's because Jonas Rapp is working for me now. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I, I was just about to say that <laughs> Jonas Rapp is about to ban unmanaged solutions in production environment, but, but uh, that's for another story. But I think that this email, this improved email is sort of a bad first step in this way because email is such a generic one that that's difficult for me to accept to not be part of a platform feature and be part of a dynamics feature yeah and think? I, yeah i i think I, I sort of agree but i think this is part of a problem that's it's probably f- founded in the politics internal politics of microsoft because you have it's i mean it used to be that the development in microsoft was a one monolith that's that when we had this old CRM 2011 times that all the development of dynamics was one single monolith and a it was all one, all one team, more or less, uh, divided into different sub-teams. However, now we have the platform part, which is Power Apps part, um, and then we have Dynamics, which uh, is a totally separate part that delivers, uh, which uses um, the Power Apps part and builds it, its own things with its own budget and stuff on top of that. And they're being more, they they they're more and more separate. And what I think has happened is that the Dynamics team has found that the email designer that's in the, the platform is not good enough. So they've they made one themselves. And instead of sort of licensing that out to the platform or sort of selling it to the platform, they've just like kept it themselves. <laughs> um, and they don't have good enough ways of handling this within Microsoft of sort of, okay, so if it's somebody at the, in a first party app um, team that makes something that's that we really want in the platform there is a good vehicle for sort of transporting it down into the platform um i think that's one of the problems they have currently so they're just like they because some some way they need to sort of like pull good stuff down into the platform and reuse it because i think that's exactly the problem that they have right and i think it's grounded in the politics of microsoft yeah perhaps it is so, so let's talk about something that is in the Power Platform then, or extension of it, the AI Builder. What's what's up with that? Yeah, I think that's it's a it's a very interesting tool. Um, it's um, it's sort of like supposed to be like an, a click and like a click next next finish or click point and click AI feature, and it's really uh, you compared to many of the other. Uh, what's called AI or insights tools that we have in Dynamics uh, or in Power Platform, like for instance, uh, marketing insights or sales insights and all of those that are sort of like already built. Uh, or they have like completed models and you can't change those. AI Builder actually allows you to create your own models. So you can teach it, you can actually teach those models yourselves, yourself. So it's actually has uh, it's it's it goes down a lot further down into the uh, to the depth of AI uh, with that with AI Builder, and you can you can have like categorizations. You can teach it like for instance, if you have lots of different cases coming in, and you have uh, your customer service people there, like they're assigning those different SaaS subjects, for instance, um, and you have tons and tons of cases being coming in, and you have people uh, assigning those different subjects. You could could uh, potentially teach um, you can use AI Builder to do a categorization 
based on the, for instance, the description or the email that came in uh, saying, okay, ba- based on this content of the email, uh, we, ca- we can teach it that it usually, these are the categorizations that it's that, that it has because we can we have these like two thousand mails that actually got the, these categorizations uh, which was the subjects and now you should like you should start learning from that and then you should start suggesting subjects automatically and based on that. Uh, and then that could of course be used to automatically route emails so uh, when you get an email it will automatically create a case it will auto- automatically set a subject and then that subject based on the content of the email and that then of course that could be used for for automatically routing that to the correct team so enhancing so it could be text-based it could be generating images uh, i mean I mean, uh, models from images, so we could recognize my products, for example, uh, and perhaps instant uh, intentions or uh, um, yeah, yeah, more, yeah, more, yeah, subject more, and yeah. tags and tags and such. Yeah, but it, the, the, the hard, the tricky part with AI is typically you have to be rather specific with your questions. It is not uh, AI is not. Uh, I think that the, the 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 tricky thing with like saying uh, we have AI builder, it's point and click, is that you have it's not that easy. <laughs> uh, you have to have very specific questions. You have to understand the kind of questions you can solve with AI. Um, that the, the 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 that you don't have to write the code with Python is of course it makes it easier. But the, or you have to do it do it with a like uh, ML Studio. You don't have to do that. Of course, it makes things easier. But still, you have to you have to pose the correct questions because if you don't pose the correct questions, there is very it's very hard to sort of do anything decent with it anyway. So I had a customer, and we were uh, have a have a customer, and we were like, okay, so based on they're 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 selling uh, their online online travel agency, and they so they're they're trying to I was like one question we had like okay, based on the existing customers. Who's going to buy again? Uh, and that's that question is not specific enough. You have to be even more specific and try try, try to drill down into that. So it's a very it's very complicated. So you have to from that that kind of uh, and you have to and, and so that's that's one yeah, that's I part mean, of the question. That's part that's part of the tricky. Yeah, I I don't think this is that broad. So I mean, it couldn't evaluate your project if it's a success or not. That's not what this is about. It's easier predictions and perhaps um okay which of the ones opportunities are most likely to succeed or what's the recommended next action to do here these are more specific than okay yeah stroke things yeah but i think still those kind of questions that you're asking here you still have to be um like whether it's a recommended action here uh, that has to be. You have to teach that based on like what what could what 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 kind of that's sort of like a categorization question. So uh, I think that I mean we have we could have an entire session uh, pod the entire pod yeah. pod on just on this. So we can, we can do we can't drill into that too far either because it's it's very complicated. But it, I, one just one uh, let's let's skip that right now. Um, I think there's uh, you can talk, I think you can probably talk to like Sheila Shapari or somebody somebody like that. Uh, regarding uh, AI, she's better. AI in, rocks. Yeah, she's great at it. She's she's great with AI. Um, however, I think one one thing that I think is missing currently with AI Builder is an ETL feature. 
uh, which is like extract trans, uh, transform load, because this is something that typically you need with AI. So what you do in AI Builder is that you go in and you, you choose which entity you want to use and which fields you want to use for like loading your whatever AI thing you want to do. Um, and that might work in, in simpler cases. Like for in some cases, you want to just do like um, do a some text analysis or something. And then you do like, I, this field, I want to do a text analysis on and find the keywords. Okay, that's, that's easy. But in more complicated cases, um, that might not, you might want to, you typically want to do like more, comp, you, the, what's ha, what happens with AI is that you, you have to have one single, more or less, as I say, like, like one table. <laughs> uh, you can't have um, like one entity with sub entities in that, in it. You have to like sum it up into one entity. So if you have, um, let's say you have a accounts and you have lots of activities under it and so on, you want to say, want to say okay, so all, I want to see um, those that are very active and I want to sort of have some kind of, um, I want to know, want to feed that into the um, to the AI, the sort of activity level of the of the account. Then you have to sort of take that uh, the number of activities and put and put that into a specific field. And you can of course do that with a roll up field, but that's sort of then you're starting to do the ETL part of that. Um, so that's what I'm that's what I'm missing here because then you have to you have to start creating a lot of extra fields in Dynamics to do these sums or averages or stuff like that to be, to be able to feed that into the AI. Uh, and I would, I would love it to be able to have like an intermediary level in the AI builder, which like you, where you had like a date, for instance, data flows where just like an AI builder or in, in, sorry, in, in Power BI, uh, where, you, where you could like, you can define which, which columns you had and you can uh, de- de- design that with like Power Query or something with R. And then you could have virtual columns and stuff like that. And then you feed that into the AI. That would be a lot more powerful. Yeah. Or get them through Power BI as well then. So you could probably have your entire dashboard there and connect it to that one as well to have alternate sources in the same one. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, BI is one thing, AI is something else. So I think you should do. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so you could reuse the things that you have done and aggregated and controlled already. Yeah, but I think then it, it, what, what you should do then is probably just like, but, but, but they, they already have that sort of like separation of the, of the, the, the data flows and the, and the BI part, like the, the visualization. So that's, but you can do that. You can do that already. So. Yeah. All right. So what has happened with the backup and restore? Yes. So they fixed it. <laughs> the, 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 so the problem. What was broken then? What was broken is that uh, previously what or they're going to fix it when it's rolled out. It's not rolled out yet. So please don't have any problems. Um, so the problems that they have right now it, it, I mean, it's it will it's sort of sort of works. <laughs> uh, the problem that is right now, it's when it will be fixed when they rolled it out, is that uh, it doesn't support uh, Power Automate and Canvas apps. Um, so if you have if you do if you do a copy of an instance and you have uh, Power Automate flows or Canvas apps in that, it will not copy those. Or if you do a backup and restore, it will not restore those Power Automate flows or Canvas apps. Well, after this fix or the, this this new wave has been re- released and this feature released, uh, that will be fixed. And of course, that's very good. This has this typically should always be part of the typical release of any feature. I think um, 
because otherwise the backup feed doesn't really work. But then that's great. Yeah, but this is, I I sort of cringe when I hear that they're fixing this because luckily I haven't encountered this issue. But this is one of the things that I thought for granted before I read about it, that I mean, it's part of the instance. Yes, it's part of the new maker experience, but still that's one thing that I took for granted that, okay, now it is part of CDS, it's included in the backup. No. I agree. Oh, well. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I think that especially as people sort of are handling their, their crown jewels to Microsoft and saying, yeah, we trust you, Microsoft, that you do this for us. You handle the backups. We pay you for to pay you to do that. And then they that they're not actually so. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll do we'll do the backup stuff later. I mean, that's not that I, that's not good enough in that case. I can I, I I'll I'll be fine that they may, there's a bug in some UI part somewhere. That's fine. That's not that's not critical. This is hygiene. They have to fix that. Um, so that's um, backups are so critical for having a. I think that's uh, very very important. Yeah. All right, so while we're talking about this maker and admin, are there any news there? Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're fixing quite a lot of stuff uh, in the maker experience. Uh, there's quite a lot of small stuff there, uh, and I think that's great. I try to always work from the maker experience nowadays, um, especially with my newer customers. Uh, and I, so I, I think it's great that they're fixing more and more stuff. Because I, I always have to like, oh, I want to switch on auditing. Uh, oh, I can't do the experience. I have to switch over. Uh, and then it's like, oh, I want to do, I want to extend the number of columns I'm showing on this. Uh, so they're they're fixing more and more stuff. And that's very good. Uh, the Solution Explorer is one of those things that they're going to uh, be enhanced, which is good. So I think, yeah, they, I think generally that they're building that out is very good. Yeah. And, and these are one of these improvements that I think is more like, okay, well, yeah, we had the new maker experience and the new solution explorer. Uh, this do do they call it modern uh, for a while now? But it still have been lacking some things that it couldn't do. Like okay, if I have a legacy workflow, what do I do with that? Yeah, and especially synchronous workflows. I mean, the asynchronous workflows are not supposed to. You're not, I mean, they're deprecated more or less, although they are deprecated, I think. Um, so, I mean, that's not, if, if they're a bit tricky to find, that's fine. But the synchronous workflows are not deprecated. Uh, they are fully supported and they're not deprecated. And you're, you're supposed to handle, work, use those. So I, they, they, there should be a, a good way of creating them, of, of reaching them and using them. Because Flow, uh, power, sorry, Power Automate can't really compete with that at this time so i don't see why that should why they sort of they need to have a good ui for that yeah i agree it's just the 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 things that you do you know that okay well i have to go over here or over there to do that then yeah yeah. all right power apps portal power apps portals yeah well i think that uh, i think i know that you talked to mick dolman quite recently i i i actually didn't haven't listened to that episode but I can just imagine that he sort of ranted about problematic licensing. Yeah, well, I asked about him, so uh, and so I kind of forced him into that uh, licensing corner. <laughs> you had to force him? <laughs> uh, not really, but that, <laughs> that's always one of the questions that people ask about. So I, I asked him as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I would say that it is problematic anyway. I have I have two customers, and they're they're both like. 
well, it's not useful. They're, one of them is actually is using Paras portals only for for anonymous, and the other ones is like they're membership like, perhaps where a lot of members are signing in. Oh no, that's actually no, but they're 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 thinking there's it's it's a sort of like um, they want to use it for self service. Um, so that a lot of their customers logging in quite a lot to, to like, and their uh, both customers and partners are using logging in self service themselves, and their their and like um, the resellers are self serving their their customers, which is a very good way because currently they're calling in to to them our customer and then like up customer customer support time. But the problem is that if it's going to cost, like, if let's say that it's like three three logins and it maybe costs like three and dollars per uh, per case to fix that because they're logging for each time to log in, then they it's, maybe it's better just to call them. Yeah, it could end up pretty expensive. So I think they're pricing themselves wrongly here, just as much as with marketing. But uh, perhaps that's a different licensing. Uh, uh, then uh, the the new things here for uh, Power Apps Portal because I still think the improvements that are making to the maker uh, part of this is pretty good and I mean they're lowering the bar to entry so makers can get going faster and faster and that's always good for me but licensing yeah yeah, yeah but I, I think I, I, but i think I'm, I'm getting i'm getting mixed message here because i mean yeah it's easier to do stuff fine but on the other hand they're saying yeah we, we're going more towards the enterprise segment okay <laughs> so i mean the, the easier it's easier to do that it's it works better if you have like two or three logins or not so many users that are logging in um, and working towards the platform then you can more maybe get get some uh, because I mean then you don't have to do that much work with it and you have a few customers logging in and doing some stuff um, and then that's that makes a that makes then the power platform power apps portals makes a lot of sense but if you have a larger enterprise um, that where they're thinking about using power apps portals that have a lot lots of customers or, or distributors or whatever logging in then they're like oh but Maybe we maybe it's better to just instead of putting instead of having them log in, it, maybe it's better to just like build our own um, portal in like uh, in WordPress or in something else, and let's build the connectors ourselves because of the scale of that. Because the the, the consulting hours that it t- would take to do that, that would that's a one-time fee, and they will just that, that will disappear. Of course, there will be some maintenance to that, of course, as well. But still, that will be more or less that that will be like one time it won't it won't if we get a lot of customers into the to the portal that will still be one time like per month fee not a per customer fee which all the logins will be um so as you increase the level of digitalization with a customer that fee will not go up if you use like for instance wordpress but it will do it will go up with power apps portals so the better you are at digitalization the higher the fee will go up with tar portals, but it will not do that with with like for instance WordPress. Of course, you will have to like increase the the uh, tiers of your um, of your web server, but I mean that's not very expensive. I mean these infrastructure uh, f- parts of the web is pretty 
darn cheap today. So I mean, yeah, you can't. That's not the things that you usually pay the most. No, and then I, that's I'm, I'm just that's why I'm thinking that they they I think everybody agrees that Microsoft they, everybody agrees and understands that Microsoft needs it needs to sort of make money from this. But I think that they're trying the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do so, you have a solution for that, or do you want to go to the next one? I, I think they they can make it. There's there's good ways of making a licensing model. If Microsoft Microsoft would would contract me to create a licensing model for them, yeah, of course I can make a solution for them. I don't All think right, they, I, I don't think there's a good point for me to sort of like sit here and and sort of sort, try to create a licensing model for their portals because no, they right, won't then. they won't be using that anyway. So. No, no, correct. So, what's uh, what happened with the case resolution? Um, well, I, th th there were a few things on the Paris portals. I just want to mention. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, they, what they're doing is that they're having a, a power apps portal checker. I think that's very good because there's, it's very easy to sort of get like broken links and stuff that I like that where you where you it's hard it's hard to find and the power portal checker will try to, will find all of those and like identify those for you. So that's very good. There will be a um, Power BI component, so you can have you can publish like Power BI components on your portal. So so you can have like different uh, charts and stuff like that for Power BI. Very good. Um, you can have uh, there's a global search feature in in uh, Power Apps in Power Portals uh, that's limited currently to just specific entities. But now you can add, you can customize that, so you can you can add your own entities to that, which is very useful. Um, and uh, very common way of using Power Apps portals is using Azure AD B2C. So for instance, you can log in with, uh, in Sweden, we have Banky Day, for instance, or you want to have a, a Facebook login or a Gmail login or something like that. Um, there's a wizard now for setting that up instead of trying to follow uh, blogs and stuff like that. So that that's, helps out a lot as well. And then, uh, of course, when you're using Power Apps portals and using, for instance, Angular or um, React or something, uh, you can you can connect to the normal web API. However, the trick is here that the person that's 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 log, log, that's using the um, the 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 client, the, the client, yeah, the logged in person isn't authenticated. Yeah. So there's no, it's not the same authentication here. So what they have done now is now they have a a portal authentication based web API. So that you can you can use for authenticating to the way to, to that uh, that sort of translates authentication as far as I've understood. So that's very very useful. And maybe Nick mentioned that, but that's a very very good move forward. So use all of the, the um, data in Dynamics properly. No, no, he didn't mention that, and that's really good because yeah, of course they don't use the same uh, authentication because they have the old way of doing it that you sort of stored username and password inside dynamics or sorry the power apps itself and and that's not recommended any longer and i think that's a good thing that they're pushing and making this azure business to consumer or sorry business to business a lot easier so that you can make these connectors uh easier yeah so you don't you don't want to store people's passwords. Of course not. Not especially not on the client side, or so that it sort of bounces bounces off the clients. Yeah, because yeah. if it gets out and then it could be your fault, then that's not really a good thing to to be responsible for. All right then. So case resolution close. So what has happened there? I mean, this is a, this is a very common thing that people often sort of they make their own fixes for. It's like when you 
close a, a case, um, you you have the special dialogue, and that's a very common requirement for customers. Like, oh, but we want to add this, or can you take that field away? And you can't. There's no way to do that currently. But now there's a way to customize this dialogue. You can, actually can change, and that's very useful because you want people want to do that. So I, I think it's it's a very a, a very good thing, uh, so that we don't have to create our own HTML pages and there are lots of special hacks for other ways. Yeah, and it's like the the change for the opportunity close that came was it autumn? I think so. Yeah. That that do you could sort of opt in with the system settings and say yes, I want to configure this, and then you you could add it to the customization, start changing it. And, and that's like, yes, thank you. We, it's not locked down anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right. And forecasting, yeah. what's, uh, what's up with this? Uh, forecasting. I think that this is, this was, there were talk about this being released previously as well, but they didn't actually release it. So this is a, a feature. I haven't looked very deep into this, uh, but I, I have, I, I've built, this is something that I've built with our own solutions previously for other customers. Uh, but if, as far as I've understood it anyway, please correct me if I'm wrong, if you've got, it, got some other picture of it, uh, is that it's uh, be, being able to, so that when you sell something, uh, that you can forecast the income or time instead of saying, oh, uh, when I'm selling this uh, this like uh, mobile phone contract that's getting uh, like $10 a month, I'm not expecting to have all the income the fir- when I'm closing the contract, I'm actually expecting to have ten a month uh, over 24 months. So that's what the, so you so you forecast the, the income, that, and maybe and if you have more more complex business, you can say that oh, for in this case, I'm actually forecasting that we're having in that when we close it, we're getting a uh, hundred thousand dollars, and three months after that, we're getting two hundred thousand dollars, and then we have to, uh, two months after that, we're getting three hundred thousand dollars, and then so on. So save and forecast during time, and then you. What, what are we expecting and then we get yeah and so you sort of peri- make this opportunity not just hit the you sort of the income isn't once but it's sort of over a period of time yeah. so you can reuse this well not modern today but most of us are selling some kind of service and having just one opportunity income for that in dynamic sales is fairly limiting is. to say it all right then so uh, we're pretty fast today gustav we're we're getting good at this or are we just brushing through things no, i don't think we're rushing i think that uh, there, there's this i think we're, we're not sort of over talking about things but uh, there's some other things i want to i can talk about as well if you like well we have the kanban board that could be uh yeah yeah fun the kanban, the, we have the kanban board now it's, it's it's a good thing that they've they've added to the uh sales app for for showing um um i think it's, it can be good sort of sort of have a if you want to have an overview look of of being able so yeah this opportunity is not in the qualified phase and over here and so just start drag and drop them so that's, that's i think that's that can be and these are one of these entity-based pcfs that they're building now with this framework right so yeah. it's exemplifying what we as community or developers or isvs could do with yeah and i don't think that's i don't think it's that doesn't seem very complicated uh just creating that kind of i mean i haven't looked very deep into what it's doing but and how cost customizable it is but from doesn't seem that hard to be able to to do a drag and drop board maybe it's very customizable and then in that that case 
All right. So what's uh, what's new on data integrations then? Yeah, data integrations. <laughs> I just smiled when I looked at that bit because they were like uh, they were boosting a bit about like they they were working working with a canonical data model, and uh, that's uh, a a very nice word, meaning that it's like a, a data model that spans. Over. And um, <laughs> it's funny because I don't know if you work with uh, FNO or a Dynamics AX. Um, because what, not really, no. but if it's if you have done integrations with it, which I have, you will know that the data data model in that is not very similar to that to CDS or the dynamics at all. Um, yeah, that I do know. <laughs> but, uh, so, so so the integrations could be uh, yeah yeah challenging. It, I mean, I mean, just 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 an example for those who haven't worked with it is that, for instance, um, you can have a, a an address in FNO one address, uh, like address record, can be used for many companies and many contacts at the same time, meaning that when you update that address, it will update everything. Um, so that's an interesting concept because if you do, if you do what, what, what many of my customers have done when we've talked to them about this is that they have, on the business side, decided that this is not allowed. So an, an address is strictly just used for one account for you. Uh, which makes things a lot easier. But on a on a, a system perspective, how do you sort of how, how do they handle this? And I actually asked Microsoft once about this um, on a big conference and said, like, okay, so how, what what are you going to do? What are you going to uh, unlock the, the like the CDS and make it uh, make it as dynamic uh, uh, in the data modeling structure as uh, f- uh, finance and operation is, or are you going to lock down finance and operation and make it as as locked down as the CDS is, and I didn't get any good answer at all. <laughs> no, of course not, because the, uh, that's two bad choices, right? For of them, course, because yeah. either way, it makes their customers angry. Yeah, there's no good way to, to to solve that. The only way to solve that currently is to decide on a per customer basis to say, like I like we did, like oh, in this case, can you cho- can you decide that you do not. You do that for for this entity that you do not you only use it in this way. Yes, that's that's acceptable for us. Can you in for this entity? Can you decide this? Yes, we can accept that. Okay, good. <laughs> but you cannot. That's it's very very hard to decide that on a on a like on a product scale. Saying we're going to lock down FNO for on a, like this level. It's like holy shit. <laughs> uh, or on like create unlocking. The, the CDS and like, oh, we're going to create a new customer, uh, like a new address entity, which is going to be uh, being able to 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 be many to op- many relationships, many to many, yeah, like, uh, it's going to be used everywhere. Uh, I mean, they're all already the ad- address, the like customer address entities. They, it's 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 un, it's used um, for uh, accounts and contacts already, and you don't see it uh, more or less. It's like hidden. Um, and they have like they already they already you can you can you can have multiple addresses, but it, they are also hidden more or less. You have to like open them up a bit if you want to use them. Um, and it's there's there's lots of trickiness into that. And they're all all the, the all the addresses are actually being stored in a separate da- table in the database called customer addresses. Um, so they're actually not actually the addresses on the on account is not actually being stored on the account table. They're actually being stored in the customer address table. Um, so this is tricky, and I this is one of the reasons why you never should like uh, like not you should use an uh, like an account contact or lead entity for anything else than that what they're meant to be used for because they're they're 
I've seen a customer that's been using lead entity for some for for uh, like the very very small usage for something else. What they didn't know was that the lead entity is actually creating um, the lead address tables, uh, lead address records, like two lead address records. I think it is for every lead record. Um, and then they were just using they were just uh, using it for emails. I think, <laughs> and they were having like millions of email records, uh, and this bloated. They were like creating lots of tons and tons of those leads. And then they were like, oh, but this, there's a bit too many of these. And they went into the database because it was an on-prem. And they just removed and moved them directly from the database, which is totally unsupported. Uh, <laughs> and then they were like, oh, have we... And I asked them, so why do you have all, all these like lead address? <laughs> and they were like, what's that? No, didn't know. So it's it's interesting. You, you get all these like, crap. So I'm a bit skeptical to this... like. Um, Canonical data model. It, it would be awesome if they actually made made that happen for real. Uh, I am totally for that. If they if it will if they work make it that work for real. Until they until they make that work for real, um, I will be as we would say it in Sweden, healthily skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big undertaking to do this. But let's see. I mean. There are slowly but steadily moving things from other parts into CDS. I mean, Business Central is one example. Uh, I mean, HR are moving slightly in the same direction. So they are working on it. Forms made it from Forms to Forms Pro. Now that's CDS. So, I mean, yeah. they are working on it steadily, steadily. Yeah, but Forms Pro still does not have feature parity with Voice of the Customer. So there's still features in Voice of the Customer that are not in there in, in Forms Pro, which is a bit sad. But I mean, I totally love Forms Pro. It's a lot better than Voice of the Customer from many perspectives. But there are still features in there that do not exist. So it's there. I have customers that have that used Voice of, Voice of the Customer for a ton of things. Um, and they're like they need they need before the first of July to migrate to form the Force Pro, but they can't because they're not total feature parity yet, and they're using those features. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky situation because that has a deadline now, so it will be dropped. And well, well, you can't respond to service, right? That that's the thing that they're turning off. But uh, le let's uh, let's hope that they get to feature parity and your customers have time to migrate. That's what we're hoping for. Yes. All right then. So uh, have you looked at Canvas components? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I haven't I haven't actually. I, I I saw that they had like Canvas components. What I what I when I saw it, I was like, hmm. I've I read about the Canvas uh, the PCFs in Canvas apps. Is this it? And then I was like, mm, this doesn't look like it. And then I talked to you about it, and uh, you were you had some you had some some insights into that as well, right? Well, my understanding to it is that uh, Canvas components are more like the well, let's stitch things together. So we have a header or a footer in Canvas apps, and we want to reuse that on every page. So instead of building the header and the footer each and every time, you make a component of it and then you insert that component everywhere. So if you ever want to change the header or if you ever want to change the footer, it's only once in that component that you want to change it. Yeah. Okay. So it's more like it's it's a bit like modules, but it's yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's not it's not it's not underlying code in the the, the way that PCFs are. 
and not as I understand it, no. Mm. Um, so that's that's what I get from that. But I have heard that PCFs are coming to more places like the Power Apps portals. But uh, that's again what about the sort of features, the web API features that's not really there yet. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and then I think there's also like there's a new some new stuff to Power BI that's interesting. Um, they have, I think that they're actually trying to uh, get SSRS out of there. Um, there are they they have now page, paginated reports, um, and uh, which is like you can actually get because that's something that there's been problems with in SSRS. Paginated reports means that you can actually have reports that are meant to be printed. Um, so. Um, yeah, like the quote, uh, you, you want to send a quote to someone and then you have a report to make that to PDF. Yeah, and it's and, it, and you can actually control where the page, page, where pages end. So when you print them, they actually, you can, you can have some kind of control of the pages. And that's quite a large part of what SSS, SSRS is about. Um, so I think that's, that's it's, it'll be interesting to see what that turns out like. Um, however, I think that, um, and the part of the, and there's also a, it's going to be a PDF export feature to that as well. So you can have paginated reports with PDF export feature to that uh, with APIs, so that you can with API export a report. Um, so I think that's going to be very useful um, because you can do a lot of stuff with that. However, uh, there's not there's currently no way that I know that you can do auto filtering like we do in Serum with SSRS. Um, so there, we can't like set a specific filter for it. So we'll see if they manage to do something like that as well. So we can send Yeah, I mean, you mean like with the report builder that you can get a sort of decent, okay looking report now if, with if, that builder? No, if you, if, you, if you create a report with, with the, with the um, SSDT, uh, like the Power BI. Yeah, then, okay. Yeah. yeah. Then you can you can actually create. Uh, you, then you can set up uh, a auto filter for the for the in, in SS, SSR for an SSR SSRS report. What that does is that you can say um, that you can, for instance, you can select a couple of records and only those records are get, being sent into the report and used as input into the report. Or you can run the report from inside a specific record and only that report will be used as input to that report. Yeah, and that's very useful because that will make it, uh, you can, for instance, have a, um, a quote report or you can have a, um, a thank you or a order confirmation report or something like that. And that's, I've, I've Previously, for in Serum three time, I did a when you had a an on-prem versions of of SSRS and Dynamics, it, you had the APIs for SSRS. You could you could code with that. You, I could, you, so you can you could get the PDFs out of the APIs, and you can so it was possible to code and get the API, get the uh, the PDFs through the APIs, and you can send those generate the PDF out of the um, out of the APIs with the um, so for an, like an order confirmation, and you can just send that directly to the customer saying, thank you very much for your order directly to the customer. Um, that's possible to do that with for, with tools like uh, the Document Core Pack, for instance, from MSCRM add-ons uh, or other similar similar products, um, but not with any built-in feature from Microsoft this time that I know of anyway. So you, and I'm hoping that this is something, something that they're trying to get to with Power BI because they, with SRS today, 
there's no supported way of actually getting the PDFs. There, I have heard of unsupported ways of doing that, but not supported. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of those unsupported ways as well, but uh, let's skip those here, right? Yeah, and, and I think I just, to... Just, just, just to mention why they're unsupported is that what can happen for those if you try, if you ever, if you have those or if you've like, if you have those in your organization is that what can happen is that Microsoft might update something and then they will stop working. Because they are using, for instance, URLs that are not supported anyway. So that's what that's my well, that, that's that's what might happen. So just be careful. Yeah. Um, Click that button over there, but that button has moved, so it's not over there anymore. That, yeah. That's yeah. like the sort of yeah. like that. Yeah. And yeah. then then there's also in Power BI conditional formatting uh, like Excel, meaning that you can have a uh, like a matrix, for instance, that it will show all values that are that that say. Uh, no will show red or all values that are negative will show red or all values that are uh, uh, that are above zero will show green uh, so uh, or we'll, so we'll format that cell in that way that's yeah. pretty cool it is very cool and very useful um, yeah lot very of, useful. yeah so I think that and also copy paste of visuals so you can just like copy a visual and paste it you don't have to do a screen dump yeah that's really good right because <laughs> then you you can scale it much easier than the screenshots i hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah let's hope so all right then so do you think it's interesting that business process flows are going to end up in office 365 apps yeah yeah i, th I think it's it's sort of i mean I, I don't work that much in Office 65 from that perspective. I mean, of course, I write a lot of documents and stuff like that, but I don't. I'm not like customizing Office 65 in that way. I think some organizations are very Office process oriented, like document or process oriented. For those, it might be very interesting. Interesting to have that um, to, to see where where in the process is this document. So for those, it might be very useful. Um, I just fear that they're going to prolong this Excel hell that some of the companies have. And instead of moving to Power Apps and just scrapping them, they will sort of skip that over and, and implement a business process flow in their Excel instead. Maybe. Yeah, but on Hopefully the other, not. yeah, but on the other hand, other hand, I don't know where this DPF stuff is stored. Maybe it's, it was stored in in the CDS anyway. Um, they just don't know it, so we'll see. Uh, oh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, so all right then. So, but, but on the other hand, I think it's it's interesting because they, what they're doing is that they're taking stuff and they're they're sort of uh, they're taking stuff from the power platform and they're sort of breaking it out into the office world. And they're, they're modularizing it. And I think that's an interesting move because from a strategic perspective. Uh, so maybe that we'll see more of that. Maybe AI Builder will move into Office, for instance, or uh, I don't know, other stuff. You know, we'll, see what that, we'll see where that goes. That, that can be very interesting. And that will make our world a lot bigger than it is today. Yeah, because if you have experience in building PCFs, then that will probably get you going a little bit faster than if you're new to that entirely yeah but what if what if you can have like uh power apps within office 65 for instance uh, if you can run though you can if you can just deploy those as uh, as a power app within a power app runner within a, a office uh, yeah. and then... a button to start a, f a power automate flow or something yes. like that yeah, and then both both those and like like a Power Apps, both both uh, both model driven and a Canvas app 
from within a in office directly that would be really useful right so um and then that would that would also extend our world quite a lot and then uh, so there's lots of interesting things that could do that, that that could happen if they sort of try to sort of bring our worlds together a bit so i think that- yeah and from a licensing perspective they have these power-ups for office where you can have the canvas apps integrate into your office applications already like if i get an email from my boss send a push no- push notification to me because that's like the 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 gateway drug to power apps right yeah it is yeah but and that, but i think that if you start if people will start seeing a button in office saying i'll create the power app they're like interesting what's this and maybe that will be like the vba for 2020 yeah yes but a lot more manageable because we sort of have the admin around it already yeah that's a good thing yeah yeah and i mean but yeah i agree and you know and maybe that's one of the that's one of the end goals for microsoft like we don't want vba anymore let's get it out of there what do we replace it with ah you know what let's look have a look so maybe this bpfc in office 65 is like a glimpse of the future here yeah let's hope so yeah, we'll see that. Well, maybe that's something to end with, right? Yeah. So uh, where do I go if I want to know more? Where do you want to? Where do you go if I want to know more? Uh, well, yeah, about the release wave. Uh, there, there's the, the release documents, of course. Uh, the Microsoft have. I think those are always best because that's like from the horse's mouth. Or is, yeah. is it is it called that eating from the horse's mouth? Uh, reading. No, re- I, w- I wouldn't go with that, but uh, you can. <laughs> reading from the horse's ass. Ass. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, okay, whatever, so yeah. we had the cloud blog where they announced this, and then we have, of course, docs.microsoft.com where they have this this documentation for both Power Platform release plan and Dynamics 365 release plan. Yeah. And both of them are called 2020 Wave 1. Yes. All right, then. so do you have any public speaking where are you going to be? I was supposed to be in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Barcelona this week. I'm not... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were both going to be there and meet and record this, but we're at home right now, and uh, yeah, that's that's Corona for us. That's Corona for us. Yeah, we'll be, we'll bear the Corona, <laughs> um, but I think that uh, the they they postponed it for for uh, end of June, and I will be in Barcelona at end end of June. If nothing else happens, I will. Uh, if well, depending on Corona, of course, we'll see what happens with that and uh, Ebola or yeah. whatever. <laughs> We'll see. Hopefully it passes and everything that listened to this are well. Yes. That's that's my hope for this. Yeah, we'll hope we really hope for everybody's well-being and their families and so on and that's yeah. that uh, they they really sort of wash their hands and uh, that they just think of the numbers. It's a it's a totally a numbers game right now. So as long as you everybody just like stays cool and stays in, indoors as much as they can and use teams to work through and just like you all work with computers you don't have to be in the office so uh try 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 to try to to be a good good uh role model yeah role model and a good citizen and uh try to to prove that we can actually work with from from our homes and try to meet as few people as possible and if you have to meet meet somebody stay away from them (laughs) (laughs) okay uh who would you recommend as a future guest on this podcast like i said sheila shapari and i and talk to her about ai i will then uh Perhaps you can give me a recommendation so uh, she knows who I am before I, I reach out to her and we can 
perhaps uh, arrange that afterwards. Do you have any links to self-promotion or anything like that that you would like to read out here? Uh, well, you, you can... Um, Your blog? My blog, it's powerplatform.se. Um, I've I've been a bit busy lately, so I haven't I haven't been working on, the, the, on that very 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 much. But I have I've, I've been thinking about just like publishing a short film on, on the this team uh, non compliance stuff. Uh, so I will probably do that. Um, so I, I hope to hopefully get that out this weekend. And this will air the 14th of March, and it's recorded on the 12th of March. So uh, perhaps if you're really fast, you might just uh, get it before it's out. Yeah, maybe I will. Oh. Yeah. All right, then if you do, send me the links and I will have it in the show notes for everyone to find it easily. Yeah, then I really have to do that then. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. Thanks you for your participation in CRM Rocks, Gustav Westerlund. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening. Yeah, and thanks to you listening. And don't forget, just comment uh, on cmrocks.com and you can search for it in your favorite podcast player. Just search for CM Rocks and you will find it right there. See you next time on CM Rocks. <laughs>